right, folks, here we go from Las Vegas. It's Sports Insider Radio. Brian Blessing, we've got our friends, John and Mike. JohnSyndicate.com, SportsInsiderRadio.com. Our good friend, Kenny White, is going to be in studio with us today. We've got Thanksgiving football. We've got all kinds of things to talk about. Excited to be with you. Check out SportsInsiderRadio.com. 1-800-209-1679. 800-209-1679. All right, we get the fun started, and we check in with the boys, John and Mike. Happy Thanksgiving, fellas. What's cooking? Happy Thanksgiving to you, Brian, you and your family, and obviously Kenny, if he's there right now as well. Um, we're just very excited for the weekend. The turkey trot is here. The turkey Finally trot. all the way to Thanksgiving. <laughs> We're ready to go. The tur- do they do a turkey trot in Baltimore? Listen, they had to lock down the turkeys at the grocery store because he's so big that he was going to take all the turkeys for one meal. What do you do? What do you do? I mean, listen. You know, thankfully, the, one of the benefits of getting old, the days of playing the Thanksgiving. Okay, let's go. Let's go out and play football, right? You go to the park. I mean, you did that, and it's like, who's going to blow their knee out this year? You know, how many how many families do that? Oh, we have the family football game, right? You know, and somebody's in a sling eating the turkey. Yeah, yeah, we're not. We won't. The only football we'll be playing is the ones that we're watching on TV: Minnesota, Detroit, Chargers, Dallas. We'll talk about that line. Chargers, Chargers. Wait, the, did you go to Boston? And, and how about up the street, the Giants and the Redskins? That's right I, up the street. I got a name for that one. That's the trip to fan game. Well, that's the that's the everybody doing the opposite of what we preach here on the radio, which is throw out the last game. So as everybody will see that the Redskins lost by three and the Giants won outright as a 10- or 11-point dog, I would assume that if you like the Giants, you better get them before they go below six-and-a-half early. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, th- I think that number does come down. Now, the funny thing is, you know, you talked about, uh, you know, th- these numbers moving and – uh, the, the contrarian place. I have never seen anything like it. It's the last two years where, based on, you know, on the last game, week to week, you know, you, you could say a number in a game would be, uh, you know, three weeks ago, the number before, but based on maybe something that's happened in the last week or two, it, it's like seven or seven well, and a half. Let, the numbers are talk, so volatile, it's, not, it's unbelievable. Oh, it's totally. And let me tell you, there's also a false sense of, of uh, how easy it is to beat the spread, which we'll go over in a minute, and regarding especially of all things football and college basketball because they can't make the lines high enough like on teams like North Carolina yesterday. And so what happens is as we're speaking right now, I'm talking to you, as you know, there's, there's, been, ba- there's been college basketball since 8 o'clock in the morning Las Vegas time. And they just cannot make the lines high enough on the good teams in these tournaments against the ranked teams, basically against the unranked teams. So what you have is a very unique situation early in the college basketball season. If you've been playing these games, which obviously, as Mike and I were saying, they're not all on the money line, believe it or not, you're 81% on the favorite side straight up, meaning you're 239 and 70. That's how few dogs have won outright. So, for, again, for all you money line guys looking to cash those big dog tickets, you haven't fared that well. The flip side is normally, in most sports, when the favorites are winning outright, they're not covering the spread. Brian, 195 and 164. 
It's like going 31-0 and if you bet every favorite in college basketball this season, 54%. So what happens is a lot of people... They haven't t- looked at their wounds yet because they love to play the favorites by nature. And so it's so easy early in the season. Also, this is the first time as, in, as long as I can remember, 30 years, the NFL has the favorites are winning the war. Right now, if you bet every favorite in the NFL against spread, you're 78, 73, and 7. While it's only 52%, the bottom line is normally the dogs have the edge, and that's where you see the big upset. So when you're talking about the Giants last week winning outright, that was a rarity. Right now, if you've bet money lines in the NFL, and then we'll get these stats out of the way, it's amazing. In the NFL, 107-51. and 51. So for you money line dog ticket cashers, you've only had the opportunity to cash 51 tickets. The favorites are winning 68% of the time. This doesn't fare well for the house early in the season, but what is, I usually find back to everything in life is reversion of the mean, as me and Kenny discuss, parity. And you, if you're seeing this, you, 107 and 51 could very easily be 107 and 107 at the end of the NFL season. Well, we'll come back to we got Thanksgiving, we got the rivalry games, college football uh, in week 12 of the NFL. Well, we'll get back to that, but you mentioned – uh, John, college basketball, I mean, there are a laundry list of games that are on the board and neutral sites, who travels, all the little things and the homework you got to do. Then you get an opportunity maybe to watch a game last night, do that little eyeball test, and they, they roll right back. Yeah, well, like I took Wichita State in the second half last night. They were actually down 10 at the half. They were laying 8, and they won the game by 10. Yeah. And then right now they're playing Marquette in the first half. They're up 32-29, to 29, which isn't going to be relative. But the point is, is that there's been a lot of money to be made in the second halves of these games, more so. And then if you like... The favorites have been winning the war, like I said, 195 and 164, but a lot of the favorites are losing at half. So if you're looking to get play that first half dog angle and then favorite in the second half, it's been very profitable in college basketball. You know, the other thing, you, you mentioned the second halves in hoops. You know, there's, there's the other deal where, you know, all of a sudden you start looking at a box score. I, mean, I think maybe we touched on this last week, but, I mean, it's a point that you, you got to pay attention to throughout the course of the year. Oh, if you get some stud player uh, gets two fouls and he sits for eleven minutes of a half or something, and I mean, not that it would fall through the cracks, but you know, the number is going to be the number, but it's going to be a completely different half because a guy that never well, played no, so is out. Basically, there. in the UNLV game yesterday, I had the over eighty-one in the second half last night. One of your West Coast plays, and it was the prime example where I've been seeing more of that affecting is not the spread but the total. So you have a total, let's just say for argument's sake, it's one forty, and that means the the, the mean is seventy a half. And there's only 50 in the first half. Everybody's normally going to say, oh, they're going to bet the under in the second half. The reality is it flies over in the second half because now they let these guys go. And they're not worried about the fouls anymore. They're not worried about them fouling out. And they just, like you said, that guy sat for 11 minutes. Now he's rocking and rolling in the second half, and it's three after three after three after three after three. And so what I've been seeing is teams coming out slow on the on the offense and then basically making up for that and basically going over in the second half more times than not. You can't do it blanket, but uh, these are little tricks that we have in our bag when you call here at the office. And, Mike, it's the sheer volume and the, the number of games that are available to you as well. Well, absolutely, and a lot of times people want to play those you know high-profile matchups, and yet early in the season if you're taking Duke of the world, you're taking North Carolina's world, you're doing well. But the bottom line is the the they're gonna the line makers are gonna adjust 
and come midseason, it's not going to be as easy as just taking a favorite. So you're really going to have to look at the obscure matchups in these smaller conferences where, look, the home field advantage might not be as much of a factor because they don't have that many people in the Coliseum where they're playing. But certain teams just don't travel that well in basketball because they play so many games in a span of a week. It's not like football where they have that week rest where you've got to follow the schedules as well as the matchups to really get a, a good power rating on the game. Hi, we've got Kenny White in studio. Happy Thanksgiving, Kenny. How you doing, bud? Yes, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Doing really well. Um, just sorry I had to jump out at a client call. and um, it's Right now is just the busiest time of year there possibly could be. Sunday, I woke up at 7 a.m. I went to bed at 2 a.m., first of all. Sunday, woke up at 7 a.m. and worked on the computer until 6 p.m. at night. And then took the after dinner took the computer took the laptop to the couch, and sat on the couch and worked till two a.m. and then got four hours sleep and got up the next day at six Monday morning. That's the nature of the beast. And how about the college basketball wars and all the power ratings that you have coming into a season? How much massaging are you doing through three four games? Well, every day I've got a program that runs every game that uh, adjusts the numbers after every game from what the line was into the difference between my number and uh, the final outcome of the game and um, and then I've got to go through each individual game kind of massage those like you said do uh, create um, the right move on a game. You can't just adjust one team up a point and the other team down a point. That's impossible. Sometimes it's one team up three points and the other team doesn't move. Uh, you don't want to. You don't want to hurt a good team just because the other team played a great game. So uh, those numbers need to be looked at. And it's it's just so much fun right now. It's just nonstop, no sleep, and just uh, I'm firing away uh, a day in advance. And it's the best time to bet is get in early. I've got uh, on average, I've had a four point best of the market whenever i play i got four points better on every game average on every single game what time of day let me ask you this uh, sides and totals when they're going up are the totals game day or are you getting some totals uh, mostly the night before No, i'm getting them the night before there's uh, books that are putting them up the night before about three o'clock pacific in the afternoon it varies between two and three they caught me on sunday uh i was shocked um you know i'm working on college football for the next week and then I start to go to college basketball, and I'm working at that. I'm almost finished, and I look, and they're up already. It was like 2, two o'clock in the afternoon. It was the earliest they've been up uh, this entire time so far, but every day it's between 2.30 and 3 o'clock. And how much time do you have to, till you see these numbers start to move once they're up? I was surprised. A couple of days, very few movements, uh, especially on the sides. The totals move more, and I'm really surprised that uh, the totals actually been – they haven't moved a lot. Every now and then, there'll be a couple teams that uh, uh, everyone knows that this team's now going up tempo and playing, you know, end to end basketball on defense and offense. And last year they played slow, so the number was made from last year's stuff. So those numbers, those numbers end up moving. 10, 12 points. I had a game last week. Uh, I went over 149. It went to 167, 18 points, and it, it went over easy. It landed at around 200. So they, they had by far the, the worst number at 149. And, John, we always talk about that, right? It, it, in many instances, it's not only who, it's when. Well, you know, we middled the Detroit game. Uh, the, the, the Bears, we middled that game on Sunday. And, uh, you know, again, when I say middle, I don't mean old school middle. Um, 
this is where you can use technology to your advantage. You know, I basically just took the plus three and a half and then got it down at two and a half, paid paid the extra vig because basically my my guys over here that do models said so there's a good opportunity this game will land on the number. Now you, it's better to be lucky than good. Sometimes they didn't. Well, what, uh, Mike, would they miss a field goal at the end of the game? The Detroit Bears right, game. Right, there's yeah. a long field goal. They missed it. Yeah, they missed it, which allowed me to hit the middle. But as I was looking over the the notes here, you know, in the NFL right now, and Kenny, you know, what do you say about this parity where the favorites have the little edge, a huge edge, a 31 game edge in the college basketball, and I've never seen the the favorites have a edge in the NFL. It's 78-73 and seven pushes on the closing number since the beginning of the season, and you know we got about eight, six weeks, seven weeks left. I mean, r- usually the dogs pretty much are keeping the the public uh, attitudes in line. What we find is after weekends where the favorites come in, and you see what you see is the 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 cockiness of the client thinking they have a shot of beating it. And as I know, and you know, and Brian knows, and Mike knows, thirty one years, you know, it's very hard to beat the number if they do their job right it's 50 percent but people think oh yeah i'm playing every favorite in college basketball this is easy it's like being 31 and 0 that that will come crashing down right <laughs> oh yeah the dogs will start there's will be some adjustments you'll see favorites get a little bit bigger and uh, that's what happened in the nfl the favor the underdogs were covering 60 percent the first four weeks right. of the season five weeks of the season and then turned to, turns it all around there the favorites are 42 20 and 6 over the last 48 right. games. And those six ties, that's a lot of ties, a lot of games that landed right on the number. You know that those numbers were bet up, so if you bet early, you're probably 40, oh, right. 48 and 20. Yeah. I even have seven here, so I have an extra game. I got seven, like in NFL, it's a... And then, so in, in, in NCAA football... And this is amazing. The the same thing. Seventy, um, sixty-two percent, three seventy-six and three forty-eight, and twenty-four games hit the number. So so far between you have seven in the NFL and twenty-four that hit the number, and you've only had four that hit the number in in um, NBA. But I mean, both sports, college football, NFL, are both swayed to the favorites right now. And so this is what I this is why when I talk to bookmakers in Vegas at the, of all places can you believe it Brian the cigar shop um, they're never very excited they're just waiting for the they, they never you know they, actually right now they're crying like they lost millions because the favorites have the edge and I'm laughing I'm going yeah right and then you know that'll all even out by by January Hey you know let me go back to college basketball for just one second and Kenny let me throw this at you that there are you know tr- things that happen year in and out. I go back to the Duke Michigan State game where you know Izzo's all about getting his team better at the right time of year, and that's the end of the year. You know, they, they, they would've, would've, if it would he would have won, that'd have been great. But it's all about you know building towards the future. How much stock are you putting in coaches? There's so much information that's out there. New coaches, uh, even even guys that have a program, but maybe because of personnel he's got, they're going to change their style from a pace of play perspective. And then we have. So many teams where there were guys that were academically ineligible. We got a team that we you know we're going to be following here in mid December when they're going to get a point guard that comes in uh, that's going to help them because he was ruled uh, ineligible by the NCAA. These teams are nowhere near what they're going to be six eight weeks from now. Yeah, that's the thing about knowing the coaches and how good the coaches are and what they have at their disposal. Uh, you want to make sure you know that the, the best coaches are just trying to get their teams ready for the conference because that's really all that matters is is really winning that conference and winning really winning the conference tournament. It's really the only sport that winning your conference really doesn't matter. But there's so many opportunities with the higher you finish in your conference – 
uh, the the better draw and seed you have for your conference tournament. And you you may be in a conference where there's two buys for the first and second team. So you'll see those teams play harder in the conference. Some other conferences, there's there's maybe uh, there's no rewards for, for finishing higher. So you have to know the teams and the conferences they play in, the tournament, how it's set up, because it's really the only sport that winning your conference doesn't get you anything. you got to win the conference tournament. And, Mike, the other thing is, obviously, you know, we get the high-profile games that are on TV, but there are so many uh, games in the in the nooks and crannies with the smaller conferences, and then the uh, the little guys getting their big opportunities against some of the bigger schools, uh, where you know the big boys are like, "Hey, wait a minute, we got a tiger by the tail here." Didn't even think about it. Well, and that's also, I mean, like the Canisius of the world, the Incarnate Wards of the world, those teams that aren't actually you know in the spotlight. They will play their hearts out because they think it's it's pretty much like playing a tournament game if they do make the tournament. So a lot of those games are really much better to be played in the second half because you see how the team has played out. And if the team that's really good is just not showing up, you can get a good number in the second half. It, it all comes down to the number. I mean, that's what it comes down to. In this situation nowadays, you can't just get a read on a game if it's a team that literally is just out of the other league but now they come in and they're they're just trying to get set for the season. They're playing with a lot of good players. And, and look, you guys saw the halftime number yesterday. It was 24 in most spots, 23.5 in some spots. And I told clients, if it's 24.5 or 24, go under in the second half. If it's 23.5, go over. I'm like a mercenary because it's all about the number. Sure enough, it lands on 24. Seattle's minus 2.5 in the second half. Even though they don't win the game, they win the, they win the second half 14-10. So the average guy that's betting it and forgetting it and not actually trading the games, um, he's you know missing out on a lot of opportunities. And, and But you also have key numbers. Like I when I saw that 24 and then I saw some spots had 23.5, I tried to arbitrage. You know, under 24, which didn't, you know, I push, and then over 23 and a half. So you just, you have to know these things, and most people at home aren't aren't that involved in knowing that, hey, 24 is a key number in the second half if you're going to play the total. That book that set the 23 and a half, they didn't want to have that game land on the number. Kenny, from an adjustment standpoint, let me ask you something in, in terms of how something's correlated, uh, your power ranking on a team, but the same opportunity could exist with the totals. Now, it's not like this was rocket science, uh, but played the over in the game last night. And I think moving forward, I would be prone to look long and hard at that. How long will it take the adjustment to be made from Seattle's perspective? With Richard Sherman and Chancellor out, the secondary was decimated by Seattle. Now, sure, their power, their rating may change. You know, you can tell me what you maybe knock them down uh, you know, from a, a power rating perspective and what impact that would have on the side. But I would think it would be it's almost like a multiplying factor what it means in relation to the totals. Because Matt Ryan had success last night that he hasn't had all year long. Uh, they shredded the one kid. I mean, Sanu looked like Fred Bolitnikoff because Seattle, on the one side of their defense, Sherman and Chancellor's gone. What? What? I, I get, you know, I, it's a long-winded question, but... You know, when you're making an adjustment with the power rankings, don't you have to make that same thought process and take it to how it will impact that particular team on totals? Well, I have an offense and defensive rating, and those two added together as the team rating. So I took three points off the defensive rating, which took three points off the team rating. So that's three points on the side. And now when you take the other team's offense minus the defense, you're getting three more points scored per game by the opponent. Hello. Um 
Well, last and and last night though, I shook my head because and what you just said, Ryan shredded the defense. He only threw for 190 yards. Well, because that was it. 190 well, yards. Average, no, no, but, but wait a minute. I mean, but but, but wait, 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 wait. He got the big lead, and and then yeah. they, but he shredded them, and and they jumped out of the gate. Yeah, right. I mean, early on. Well, there was inter- when, interception return. It, interception return. Deep into Seattle's territory, True. there was also a fumble recovered for a touchdown. But but also think about Pete Carroll does the nonsensical move with a fake field goal at the end of the half, and their clock mismanagement at the end of the game. They they left another six on the board on the floor. Yes, they yeah, did. But here's the thing: is Brian, you know, you look at the. I always go by off the original number. So again, as, as Kenny likes to follow pace of play. For an average square better to just automatically see that the the total has gone over for the game at halftime. His 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 gut is to bet the over in the second half, but you still have to know what a key number is, and that's my point when you're talking about line management. Like I wouldn't take lay seven and a half. I'm not gonna. I wouldn't lay seven and a half with the skins. Obviously, I would only lay seven or less. My point is, is that what were the odds there was going to be a hundred points in that game? You knew they were going to slow the as Brian's coins the pace of play down, and that's why for me to be under twenty four and a half, twenty four, and then over twenty three and a half. That's when you get more into that trading aspect because like like well, Kenny said if you make a number on the game you know what the number is and the reality is if if, if it's going to be 50% of the original spread they already busted the spread you're never going to really get value chasing the over in the second half well, that's no, like in, a, in the score, a, square, but, a square play but the score would dictate that, that okay all these points are scored See, uh, Atlanta's got the lead they're on the road they're going to want to run the ball move give, the chains I'll give you guys short, an, short, a perfect short. example UMKC Game number seven fifteen today plus thirteen. They're playing Georgia Southern and basically an NAG. But yesterday UMKC opened that they were the first game on the card yesterday. I think it was eight o'clock nine o'clock Las Vegas time, um, and they they won wire to wire first half second half rocked and rolled and basically you know the, the to start the dogs rolling. When I see that and then I see they played Manhattan they were plus six. Seven, six and then it went to seven and a half. They won the game seventy-four to sixty-three. These are the little things that I like to do when you're talking about day to day. They're making an overinflated the, the, the number on that game because they're expecting everybody to bet UMKC. Uh, excuse me, to expecting them to lose. That, that maybe that line should be ten or eleven, but it's thirteen on Georgia Southern. And the reality is, is that I wouldn't be surprised if UMKC lost that game, but actually covered because the line's too high. So these are the little things. Is when you're going day to day in basketball and they're playing back to back, you can take advantage of. I, I, I'm going to go back to that Seattle thing for just a second, Kenny. I, it's just to, to kind of lock that down. Here they're playing San Francisco this week. San Francisco scored thirty-one points in their last game, albeit against the Giants, and they're coming off a bye. So based on what happened last night, uh, what further adjustment might you make with Seattle? Did did what did, did the adjustment you make fit what happened last night? And then what would be the next step? And maybe it's again to me, it's maybe not so much Seattle's side as it would be that their totals will be impacted. Uh, that, that, that's that's my. Yeah. My thinking, I don't know that it's right or not, but well, you look you look at what they did last night. They allowed thirty four, but I feel like fourteen of that was because of the offense. Right, the, the offense made mistakes, a fumble return for a touchdown. So I, I take those out of the equation, 
And I, I was expecting Seattle to allow 24 last night. I really think their defense just allowed 20. So actually, I upgraded their defense a half a point. So instead of taking three points off, going into the game, I was taking three points off for the two players out. Now I'm only taking two and a half. The one thing I remember, Pete Carroll's done a great job of developing second-string talent. He knows talent as good as anybody in the NFL. So he, he brings in guys that can play when they're called on next man up. Uh, they're good, but you know he lost two great players, really did. All right, and, and one more on the Seattle, but let's go to the other side on Atlanta. And I don't know, do you ever take these kind of things into account? I, I, I remember it. It was week one, and it was Carolina playing at San Francisco, a late Sunday game. And they beat San Francisco, and their offense looked really good. And something said to me, you know what? They got to fly home late Sunday night, and it's going to mess their next work week up. And this is week one. They came back the next week, and they scored nine points at home against the Bills, and they won the game. I'm sitting here looking at Atlanta, and I've made that flight. Seattle to the East Coast is the most arduous journey. You sit there for an hour flying out of there seeing Mount Rainier. On the way in there, it takes forever to get there. So here's Atlanta plays a Monday night game, flies as far as they can go from Seattle back home, and they play. And now, oh, hey, so, so now, so they, so they, they play a great game, and oh, it looks great. Hey, they beat Seattle, but they play. You know, they play a, a, a physical Seattle team. All that travel going home, you get an inflated number against Tampa Bay. I'd be going against Atlanta all day long next week. It's you know scheduling, <clears throat> and it's big in it's bigger in the NBA, but it, it's still big in the NFL. You're right. Uh, it's who you played, when you played them, um, and and how much time you have to prepare for these different teams. You have less time to prepare. You're tired. You're worn out, and uh, you just you just can't get ready for the next game. So that's that's a big big part of it. All right, um, Michael, what do you got? Good the soccer, real quick. Before, we'll take a break, but uh, before we go to break, you still got the morning soccer stuff going. Well, right now we're playing all daytime soccer. With uh, we have the Champions League, we have the the Euro qualifiers for the World Cup. I mean, now week to week, all these big name teams keep popping out. Now, Italy and the United States will not be in this upcoming World Cup. I know, Brian, you're really upset about that. Yes, I am. And um, and <laughs> it just keeps going, man. It's a year round sport. You really have to follow it very closely, and it just keeps rolling. All right, always a lot on the plate. Doesn't matter the time of the year. And we invite you to check out sportsinsiderradio.com, 1-800-209-1679, We're going to step aside for just a bit. And when we come back, we got a lot more on the plate. I think we should dive in to the Thanksgiving Day games because everybody's going to be lining up to play them. And we'll talk about that next on SportsInsiderRadio.com. Hey, this is former odds maker Kenny White now on your side of the counter. Go to OddsXFactor.com where I'm going to reveal all the secrets how to beat the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and especially college sports. College is my forte. I love totals. I love second halves. And I love in-game. I was seen on 60 Minutes. I can beat the point spread. I was on the other side. Now I'm with you. Go to OddsXFactor.com.
johnsyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. Prices at the Las Vegas Golf and Tennis Tent Sale are shockingly low. Dozen Pinnacle Balls, $688. Wilson Complete Golf Sets, $188.88. Callaway Mac Daddy Wedges, $78. Epic deals are all over the store. For more info, lvgolf.com or call 892-9999. 1-800-209-1679. That's 1-800-209-1679. Pick up the phone and make the call. Get today's Consensus Club play absolutely free. Coming from the outside to the inside here at SportsInsidersRadio.com. Get our top consensus play from me, John, yours truly, plus Kenny White and Brian Blessing. It's absolutely free. Don't stall. Make the call. 1-800-209-1679. 1-800-209-1679. You snatch that cash right into your stash of easy money. All right, we're back with you, Sports Insider Radio. Go to sportsinsiderradio.com, 1-800-209-1679. Kenny White in studio. We've got John and Mike on the bat phone with us. The busiest time of the year, Kenny, as you said, with the beginning of college basketball, especially on uh, Saturdays, uh, college football, college basketball, NBA, hockey, uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, the board is lit up like a Christmas tree. And, yeah, I, I'm just, uh, like I said, the, the hours I'm putting in right now, and I'm losing my voice, I've been sick, and, <clears throat> excuse me, had some uh, relatives in the hospital, so it's it's been so busy, um, but I am so confident. I, I, I've just had the best power ratings I've ever had. Call NBA, hockey, um, I, I've just been amazingly on fire, and it's been following the goalies to make sure the number one guy's playing because if you just follow the lines and you see what the line is um i finally got a good number on each backup goalie so i know the difference what it should be and the totals and um it just seems like i'm one step ahead of all those sports and all and everything's going at the same time but i'm one step ahead of them i would say this uh out of the gate they scored 5.2 goals a year at this time last year it's in excess of six now it's crazy and you had the face-off violation rules and the slashing rules so there's an inordinate amount of penalties but know this that when february hits it will regress to the mean and the teams start to put that playoff cap on and the coaches start to work with teams and it happens every year uh, around February. And, and yeah. there are runs. I, we're seeing runs in hockey like you've never seen before. Calgary, seven straight games over. The Islanders, the Devils have become dead over teams. Well, you gave me the Devils the first week. And and you said, I think it's it was... a different team. You said it. I mean, maybe it was 
two weeks into the season, but it was like maybe five or six games, and you said, this isn't your father's devil's team. This yeah. is not a team that's... They're playing five, four games, not two, yeah, one Yeah, right, exactly, and you you were 100% correct, because I've been over on them almost every game now, because I, I pushed their total up right away, home and away, and it's been very successful. And you're right about the face-offs. Last year, the average face-offs on a game was 60 and a half. First month of the season, average face-offs, 65 and a half. Mm-hmm. Five more per game. But over the last two weeks, it's down to 64. The, so you're right. It's starting to regress back to the mean, and it's going to get there by February. Honestly, I mean, and, and, I mean, this is the kind of stuff, guys. But, I mean, they are literally – they sent a message in preseason. It was ridiculous. The preseason games – there were games where, like, there were like fourteen power plays in, in the games. So the first two weeks of the season, they 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 said, "Hey, listen, we weren't clowning around. This is the real thing." You know what? The players got the message, and now it, you know where maybe you were getting thirty face-off violation penalties in week one of the season. Now you're getting maybe five or six a right. week. They're following the rules. They're well. So the so not only hey, the, the, the linesmen are adjusted. Listen, real quick, from a betting point of view, you know, what I would say is there's so many games. If you're driving down the road and you're listening, there's so many games between all, when you add up all the sports combined and how many games are on the board, that what I find is people are over betting because they just feel like it's like they're at a smorgasbord of games. It's like every, I mean, Saturday is no different than Wednesday or Tuesday in my world. There's just absolutely no difference anymore. The way they've created this schedule to to the better's delight, it's really a market where uh, with all the work that Kenny's running on the numbers, for an example, I mean, it's got to be amazing because there's just it never ends and when you look at perception of what teams have done let's look at real quick before we go to the thanksgiving day games i want to hear what kenny and you have to say about the nolens rams game it's the first time since week three that new nolens has been an underdog and now they go to they go to la and they're getting two and a half and so for me this is like again they got to even out money on both sides of the game. If they made New Orleans one, everybody's going to be betting New Orleans. So I'll, I'll let you guys chime in since you're closer to LA than I am right now. Well, yeah, I'll throw. I'll just throw this at you, Kenny, and you can tell me. You know, from the power rating perspective, uh, watching that game last week, did have the over in the game, uh, the the New Orleans game with the Redskins. But I will say this: for halftime wagering, if New Orleans is behind. Play the over. That's what's been the difference with this New Orleans team is that they have Ingram and Kamara, and their running game has been spectacular, and Breeze is throwing it less than he ever has. Well, what happened last week? For the first time in forever, they got behind against the Redskins. So sticking with that running game is all well and good, but when the clock becomes your enemy, Breeze can still sling it all over the place. So if New Orleans has the lead, lean under. If New Orleans is behind, lean over. They can score. That's one team that really has, uh, from year to year, um, kind of mirrored what they did the previous year. Like Atlanta, they dropped from 34 points a game down to 23 points a game. It's amazing how their offense is different from, from one year to the next year. But the Saints, you get pretty much uh, what you're expecting out of them. Drew Brees is going to put points on the board. But 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 when they need to, when they need to, and he had, but to. he hasn't needed to. That that's been the beauty of that. That you know. team picked up more. They picked up more people in free agency than any other team. I'm working on that team in July, 
And I couldn't believe how many guys they brought in free agents on defense. And I thought, you know what? They're either going to be really good and these guys are going to mesh or they're not going to get along and they're going to be terrible. Um, and I think the consensus was they were, they were going to be bad again. And I, I after well, I they did, started zero and two. They did. They started zero and two. They lost their first two games. But all those players, they've turned it around. It's very. Uh, it's, you don't see that very often. A team that starts zero and two can make a run like that. And guys, you know, Mike, I would even say to you, you know, the thing is, you know. He mentioned the free agents that New Orleans went out and they did this. You know, a lot of times though, it's it's the not subliminal, but it's the it could be a guard, it could be a center. You know, you'll you'll see all the high profile free agent signings. Oh, and and the guys that make a splash when you don't realize the the, the pedestrian mover, what mo- looked like a, a well, that's just like a, a a body they got there is actually this this solidifying molding thing that can bring a whole team together and you never you don't know what position it's going to be at well new orleans definitely the, the, the cohesion and the offensive line is definitely evident um they're running the dual-headed you know two-headed monster that they're running out there is just ridiculous i mean you saw week one and week two when they didn't even need to use peterson and he was freaking out on the sidelines but you could see why peyton continued to use and healthy Ingram, which he's been banged up over the years, and Kamara is incredible. He's a, he's a he's a great change of pace back that the defenses just don't have an answer to because he's a mismatch all over the field. And like you said, Drew Brees is not throwing for four thousand, five thousand yards like he has in years past, and he's really just maintaining the game. And their defense is that much better. Kenny's exactly right. Going into the year, they had so many free agent signings, and their defense is playing better than I've seen in many years, even the year that they won the Super Bowl. This is the best New Orleans product that I've seen in the last decade. Well, and and so, you know, now we can talk about tomorrow. In week four, Brian and Kenny, Detroit was plus two and a half points. They beat Minnesota 14 to seven. They beat Minnesota 14 to seven. They open up at minus one on one of the independent books on the strip where I did the last video with Kenny. We don't have to name it. And then they immediately went to Minnesota. It flipped three and a half points to Minnesota minus two and a half. So from my sources, they're saying the public's betting Minnesota, and the Sharps are hoping it goes to three and a half so they can grab more Detroit. I'll throw that out there. And then real quick, you got the Chargers at Dallas, and the Chargers basically opened up uh, at three and a half at, uh, at two of the independent places. And you see the lines now down, down to one because uh, everybody loves the Dallas Cowboys at home. Uh, you know, I I got to talk about the Lions a little bit here, and you know this is a team that should be on a four game winning streak. They they blew the game against Pittsburgh. They dominated Pittsburgh and let them off the hook. But then they've come up with three wins in a row. But you sit and you stare at it. You know they you, you, they beat an injured Green Bay team. They beat the Browns and uh, they win at the Bears barely. But the reality of it, Kenny, is they are right back in the equation. And if you're looking for the off-the-pace, under-the-radar teams, Carolina and Detroit would maybe fit the bill. Um, it, it's a, here's the thing. Uh, who's the better team? I don't think there's any doubt it's Minnesota. But if we're going to sit there and talk about what a disadvantage it is for teams to play on a Thursday night, on a short weekend. I was going to say, now, Thanksgiving. You, n- now you do the short work week, but it's a, more, it's a day game. I mean, it's a bright and early game. I mean... You know, literally, Minnesota's walking in here off what was a really a close football game. That score was mis- misleading in the Rams game. If Cup doesn't fumble at the one, you know that that was a close football game. 
they're literally going in there with no t- no preparation, next to none. And Detroit is much better than what people think. I, I looked at you know back through their games. I, I projected them actually. I had them as good as Green Bay to start the season. Um, I thought they were right there, could win this division. Um, they have been unlucky in a couple games. Maybe it's just because that's who they are, the Lions, and they lose close games. But they've lost several close games this year. Uh, they could easily be a one-loss team right now if they had a break here or there. Uh, they had one game they scored a touchdown. There was a penalty called against them. It was obviously a wrong, the wrong call. Uh, there was another game, Pittsburgh. I think they were down to the 15-yard line thrown in the end zone and didn't, didn't win the game. They lost by five to a good Pittsburgh team on the road, but they were right there. But they knocking on the door to win the game. But they went for it from the one foot line on fourth down and didn't get it. They could have kicked the field goal to take the lead. And the next play, Roethlisberger threw a ninety-seven yard touchdown pass. I mean, other than that, they kicked Pittsburgh up and down a field. And that's a really good Pittsburgh team. So you know, but Detroit's Detroit. I think the culture's changing. I can't remember his name, but they brought in um, a general manager from the New England Patriots two years ago. He's completely transformed the way they bring players in. So they actually have better players now. And the one thing you got to realize is these guys practice against each other before the season starts a lot. And during the week, the better the second string is, the better the, the better the first string becomes. That's why the Patriots have been so good over the years. They have such great second-string players. And when somebody gets hurt, this new guy just steps in. Well, Detroit's trying to build that culture. They're getting close. they got to have Matt Stafford win some games with his arm. And if he can do that, Detroit's actually got a shot, I think, to make some noise in the playoffs if they can improve hey, over hey, the next Kenny, four let games. Me, Kenny, over the course of the season, don't, wouldn't you say this is a very low season of games hitting the number? That also is going to increase by the end of the season. In the NFL, for instance, it's 78, 73, and 7. And then you have two games, basically, that could potentially be on a key number of three, Minnesota and then the Redskins if it goes down to seven. You know, we can get some more pushes along the way between now and the end of the, end of the playoffs. Oh, I believe so, yeah. and Well, three's such an important number, and you're looking at that game. I mean, I'm sure... Uh, you hit the middle last week with Detroit and Chicago. This is another game that you're going to try to find that two and a half and take the three you know and a half, and it's going to be it's going to be, it's going to come close to, uh, right down to the end of the game. Yeah, Hopefully, it's tied yeah, at the end of the, the game. And I remember the first time I walked into your office, you said to me, everybody's got an edge. Some people it's betting tides. Some people it's betting totals. Some people it's betting middles. But I think, you know, what's amazing from the advising point of view is the clients on the phone, they're not too keen on risking 1% to win 200%. They want, it's almost like they'd rather have a team to root for. Um, but, you know, it, like if I'm looking at that email you send me each week with the power ratings and the numbers, if you got a number in the lines three and the lines three, you go for the middle. And my whole thing is like me and Brian, I always discuss with horse racing. If you're going to, you know, if you lay 110 or 120 on a baseball game or a hockey game, um, don't get me started on San Jose last night, uh, but that's a whole other story. Um, but, you know, if you're going to lay 200 on San Jose against Anaheim last night, why not buy it? You have the ability now to buy these games off the number for double juice, and you've got a very high probability, even if it's a weighted uh, middle. You know, if you're betting more on one side, whichever side you're leaning to than the other, why not grab a little bit on the other side for a little extra vig? To me, it's not a bad investment. All right. I, 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 you know, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about was San Diego and the Dallas game. Yes. Dallas. Dallas. With the injury. They look good at uh, halftime Sunday night. But, but here, here's, the, here's the thing with these guys. Prescott's been exposed. The offensive line is not, is not good right now. There's no Elliott. So the and other, Sean and, Lee. And here's the thing. 
I was going to say, the most important one of them all, when Sean Lee does not play, that defense is as pedestrian as the day is long. There's two guys in the NFL, Luke Kuechly Kuechly, with Carolina and Sean Lee with the Cowboys. Those are the two best tackling linebackers in football. They're both missiles to the football. They've got great instincts, and those two guys are worth two points. They're the only two defensive guys I have other than like a J.J. Watts that's worth two points. That's massive. yeah, it's massive. The, those two guys are uh, phenomenal football players, so it's really hurt Dallas. And and um, let's talk about that game. Uh, uh, we're we're looking at a game. You're, you're right. Um, they're down um, two at halftime, nine to seven. So they did play a great first half. Second half they fell apart. But you know what? What would the line be if these two teams played again next week? Philadelphia at Dallas. The line was six. I think that's way too high. Anybody that laid the six is crazy. If you laid three and a half, you got the right number. You laid four, that's fine. But if you're laying six, you're a square. You got lucky and won the game. What's the line this week if these two teams play, Brian? I'm gonna take a guess. Yeah, I love I love when you say that because that's what I try to tell clients. You can get lucky. But if you're doing that over and over, that luck will not make you money over the course of a thousand games you're betting on an annual basis. You got to practice good line management, and like you said, if you took the six, you're a square. So thank you for at least yeah. If you, you laid know, the, the six, the luck part of the the luck part of the game is when you when you do the wrong thing and you lay seven and a half and they win by ten or eight. Most of the time, you know that's not going to work out in your favor. Yeah, you're fifty fifty laying six, laying three and a half. Now you're a fifty seven fifty eight percent winner. Um, you beat the market. You're gonna you're gonna win that game fifty seven. So now next week, Brian, what's the line? Wait, wait, no knee jerk reaction. Philadelphia at Dallas. You know what happened? The line closed six. What you know what they won by? Well, what's the line going to be next week? Oh, what will it be? Yeah, if they oh. if they were to play again next week, Philly at Dallas next week, eight. Okay, seven and a half. I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking it could be even seven. I, I think most professionals would take the seven and a half. Right. It's not right. going to be that much right. higher. They're not going to over adjust to make Philadelphia thirteen at so, Dallas. So let's let's jump to the Redskins game when you when you're supposed to throw out the. I had the I had the Giants on the money line actually as a small piece of my Giants play, but it doesn't mean I'm going to just jump on the Giants. I'm going to have to reevaluate, even though the Redskins lost. So you have this scenario where this is a, a huge number, and I you know, and again, I think the the, the square money is going to actually come in on the Giants. Yeah, the first time Andy Reid lost uh, on a bye week since the caveman invented fire. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, hey, well, let me throw one at you in terms of it, it should have happened last week. Might it happen this week? And Jacksonville last week. I, I, you know, this is just, I still want to puke, and there's nothing you can do about it. Was Cleveland catching eight points at home? And you're sitting oh, there going, talk about it. You, Why you're you got to rub stuff into my bones? So you're sitting there, and, you, and you're, you're looking at Cleveland catching eight points, and they look at their schedule and say, this is really one of our last winnable games. So what happens? They're driving for the winning score, and Kaiser fumbles the football, and. The guy from Jacksonville is going to run it back for a touchdown. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. They get the break of a lifetime. The referee blows him down. They said, it, they blow the whistle. There was not, well, like, they're going to review this. It should have been a, a Jacksonville touchdown, right? It would have been one of the worst beats ever. They rule him. He was down, but or he wasn't down. He fumbled, but the whistle blew. So Jacksonville gets the ball now with 50 seconds to go. 
Cleveland holds them on three downs. They punt the ball back to the Browns. They got it at their own 10. Kaiser gets sacked and fumbles in the end zone, and the Jackson, and Jacksonville gets the touchdown and covers the game anyway. So Jacksonville was so – so you got Cleveland. You're sitting there going, well, you were right, but you got scalded. There's nothing you can do. So, But to take the negative and turn it into a positive, the other thing was, who's Jacksonville to be laying seven and a half on the road? Right? I mean, I mean, this is this is. They're a playoff team this year, right? You know, so far against but, a, t- a team whose coach is one in twenty-five. But here's the deal: now, because they win, you get the same opportunity this week. You get Jacksonville laying four and a half, five cross country at Arizona. Yeah, it's a long trip, but you got Blaine Gabbert, a quarterback for Arizona, so a lot to look at. One thing I've been really fortunate with this year, I'm so happy, I have not gotten caught on that Cleveland Brown bandwagon. The professionals. Well, no, I was just going to tell you. The Kenny, professionals, this, all of them, oh, every no. week they right. bet the Browns. Yeah, every so week and they it's lose. It's the first time I this dove group. in, and I'm like, I'm Listen, sick to my stomach. It's like, it's a, Kenny, yeah. this, group, this group said to me, they got a multi-million dollar bankroll in Vegas. They live there full-time. There are a lot of professional poker players. They said every week if we would just leave the Cleveland game alone, our numbers would be 20% better oh, yeah. this football season. And they just keep coming back on Cleveland. But, but, I want to say but that was the right you know, side the last Ravens week. Fan, the biggest Ravens fan has extended an invitation to both of you to hop on Southwest for the low price of nothing and come to the Monday night football game after they just won what they never do on the road 23 to nothing, and now they get to host the Houston Texans on Monday Night Football. You, yeah. My son will have to go to bed at halftime. I'm sorry he can't stay up till 1 in the morning, <laughs> but if you guys want to come to warm, sunny, downtown Baltimore, mm-hmm. Maryland, we're, we're inviting you guys. You, Just you, bring a jacket. Okay, Houston and Baltimore. Let me see. Uh, Kenny, no line yet. Kenny, ask me if you want me to come over and paint your patio Monday night. I'll do that instead of go to that football game. <laughs> hey, Brian, you can come over and paint my patio. I would be glad to. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. You know, but really, when but Baltimore's that, got a shot at the playoffs. Uh, a big shot well, now. Yes, they they do. It's funny. Of all people, my 12-year-old says to me, Dad, you know they've shut out three teams this year, and they're only 5-5. Five and five. That's something to be said for the Ravens. They've shut out three teams of their five wins, but they're 5-5. Five and five shows how bad their offense is, if that's the case. All right, fellas, sportsinsiderradio.com. You did it a little special time today. It's Thanksgiving week. We'll be back with you again next Wednesday at 10 a.m. 1-800-209-1679. sportsinsiderradio.com. So what are the Thanksgiving plans, fellas? I will be at the office with Mike at 8 in the morning, and then I'll let Mike go eat some turkey. Um... I guess whenever he leaves, I think he's got a two o'clock. Uh, two o'clock. Half time of the first game because you know we got to do the halftime thing. Mike, you're, then, you're honestly, Ukrainian, Mike, right? I mean, so so what, what's correct. what's your Thanksgiving dinner look like? Oh we, boy, it's the same as everybody else. We're we're Americanized, Brian. No, you add a little. Well, my wife, no, my wife's Ukrainian. She's got her things happening. What, what, what a lot, a lot of alcohol. <laughs> I think he said. I think he said last year it was seventeen shots of vodka. Of of and and his dad it was like his dad was drinking water, it's just in the blood. It's unbelievable. All right, fellas. Well, listen. Enjoy time with your families. We invite people to check in eight hundred two zero nine one six seven nine. Kenny, tell them how they can get hold of you. Well, they can go to KYD Vegas, uh, my Twitter handle, or go to my website oddsxfactor.com oddsxfactor.com if you want to get involved uh, best investment you'll ever make because you're going to be very happy when you see the plays and the winners. 
All right, fellas. Happy Thanksgiving. I'll see you guys in two weeks. All right. We'll play it back again for you next week right here in Las Vegas, sportsinsiderradio.com. Want to wish everybody a very happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the football. <laughs>